0: Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash the barn. That's betterhelp h-e-l-p dot com slash the barn. Hey, this is
1: Wes Helk from Alluvial and you're listening to the Vulgar Display Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Vulgar Display of Podcast, live from the Barn studio. You got the mocks here with Anthony. How are you, Anthony? I'm doing awesome. Very excited. Very excited. We have a special guest joining us right now. We have Mr. Wes Houck of Alluvial. Wes, how are you, man? I'm good, bro. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Do we pronounce the name right?
1: Yeah, like I said a minute ago, you're part <laughs> of a small contingent of the public that's ever pronounced it right in my 41 <laughs> fucking years. yeah hey, Planet, so it's very good. Yeah. Go. I mean, dude, when and when anyone fucks it up, like it's like I'm not like when you see a u and someone says hots, like you can't burn them for that. Every other fucking word in like the English language that has an a u, August or whatever, like it's an aw sound. So right. if someone does fuck it up, I'm I mean, I'm just gonna let you have it. It's good.
0: Yeah, hey, I know you were just in town, but you're coming back into town. We're excited about this. January 23rd at Red Flag in St. Louis, Missouri. We're looking forward to having you back in town, man.
1: Yeah, me too, man. That place is really cool. And uh Bail and Maya I've been friends with for a long time now. It'll be cool to go out with them. And uh, the Angel Maker guys uh, are all real radical too. So um, I think it'll be cool. It, we're starting out 2023, like playing a lot of shows. We have a lot of shit going on. So um, hopefully the van can handle it. You know what I mean? Otherwise, you know, I might be I might be staying at one of your fucking houses this (laughs) January or something.
0: You know what I mean? You're always welcome here, brother. You're you're actually going to be out you know, promoting your newest EP, Death, out January 12th. But you already have some songs released already that are up on Spotify.
1: Yeah. This summer we got together. Um, We did a European run like in the beginning of the year. We got back in like March and it was. I, I didn't have anything on deck, so it was like kind of nerve-wracking. It was like, oh, fuck, like we're, we we got to have new music and I don't have anything. So we got together and probably got like 13, 14 songs in. And it was more kind of like, a, in a way, after putting out two full lengths now, um, it felt like In the beginning stages of either one of those, that like the first four to five songs on a full length tend to be the things that get the most attention. And I don't know if that's just because like most of those are prioritized in terms of singles. Like a lot of records are front loaded these days, or if it's just people are busy and they're not going to go and just like, get way in there on a record like they used to because there's just so much shit to listen to so like a lot of times they're like yep i like these songs and i don't really care to look into them so we're like let's just do a uh an ep of four songs that we feel real strongly about and once that idea came up to do it like those four songs came together real quickly i guess in terms of like their identity and the sound and i guess whatever it is the messages kind of that we wanted to have with it and um we you know we're like we'd been playing all the sarcoma shit for a while so it was cool to be able to go out and play brand new shit on this tesseract run and um like when sarcoma had come out it was all about a year old but by the time we got to tour on it because of COVID and all that. So this was the first time we got to feel what it was like to really, truly go out with new shit. And it was a lot of fun.
0: So I'm sitting at my laptop uh, yesterday or the day before, and I get an email and in the email subject title, it says, do not open this at work, which when you get an email like that, you know, you know, it's going to be like a good email. Right. But it's a, uh, it was a, uh, from your publicist talking about your new video, death is but a door. From the title track, and uh, this this video is killer, man. It's a it's almost like a mini movie, all wrapped up into like four or five minutes. Tell us a little little bit about the video, if you don't mind.
1: There is this younger cat. His name is Juan Carlos Escobar Salazar. Uh, he is a shockingly talented guy. Um, his Instagram name is. Let me look it up just to make sure I don't fuck this up. Um, His Instagram handle is O-H-M-N-I-V-A-L-E-N-T, at Omnivalent, or Omnivalent, or I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but you can go and look and see some of the craziest, like, shots uh, and cinematography of New York City. I mean, it looks like fucking Batman or something. And uh, he met Kevin at a show in New York, and I didn't really know this, uh, but he was a really, really, really big fan of our band, and Kevin ran the idea of doing a video with him. And um, uh, we got like a story together based off of uh, this Forensic Files episode I'd seen. Um, it was this guy who murdered his family in like the '60s, late '60s, and you know, two kids and a wife, and left a note. Well, he shot them all, left a note, and turned on the air conditioner. And it was this note basically saying that he killed them because he, um, like, he felt that they were on a a path to oblivion. You know what I mean? Like religiously, like they were going to go to hell or whatever. And he felt like he had saved them from doing any further damage to their life or their afterlife stinting. You know what I mean? So he killed them all. And, uh, the dude went undetected and uncaught for, I think like 60, 40, 50, 60 years. Jeez. Wow. And, um, he, uh, he, uh, you know, ended up getting busted. So I got the idea basically about this the this guy sort of like killing a bunch of people to sort of, I guess, save them or um, deliver them. And our initial idea was like, maybe a little bit more brutal than we could possibly, I guess, fit into this music video, but bu- budget-wise and maybe potentially, um, you know, socially. Like we wanted to maybe be able to artistically show what was going on, but not really, um, you know, get in trouble or offend too many people. So um, we got uh, the the idea of it over to Juan Carlos and then he got together um, with that actor um, whose name is on Instagram, hush10, at hush10 name is nicholas jacobs um we gave him the idea over and we kind of just all collaborated on what would be this script and like dude nicholas just looks like he's such a talented actor he just looks like a unhinged motherfucker in this video you know what i mean so yeah um, agreed (laughs) there's a lot of times that you know you could you could really blow it with something like this you know Um, but they did a fantastic job and I kind of can't even believe it's our video. Um, also for anyone who's interested that forensic files thing, the John list murders. If you want to look into that story, that's kind of like what the idea for this was based
0: on. And, um, they did a really fantastic job and we're, we're really grateful and, um, go check it out. Like I said, and, I, and I'm not joking, it looks like a mini movie kind of thing. It doesn't look like your traditional, you know, band playing on stage, music video. This is, has a plot and looks like great acting and cinematography is top notch. So kudos to you guys. Uh, thank you so much, bro. And I think it fits the song too, right? It fits that uh, dark theme of the song and really the record. And, uh, you know, is that stuff important to you, the imagery and all the things that are attached visually to the music? In one way or the other, like, most of the music, the things that got me
1: into music as a kid, you know, like, were of, you know, like, stuff that was sad. I guess that's just always done for me, and whether that started out being, like, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, and all that other stuff to, like, getting into metal that's just always been, I guess, a format that I appreciate a lot of music in. And, I mean, it would appear, right, like, you know, if you grew up with, like... You know, big loving family and great parents, and you know, like a lot of great friends. Like you're probably not going to end up in a fucking heavy metal band. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like this song is like, it kind of reminds me. There's this. I've said this in a handful of interviews, and like what it is that we are. Alluvial is as a band. It's like we're 45 percent death metal. We're like 30 percent sort of traditional metal and then we have this like grunge allison chain sound garden thing and like this little bit of like rain chaos era like black and roll dissection thing and that's sort of what death is but a door is to me you know like we kind of got into that a little bit on sarcoma with like sleepers become giants and stuff like this grunge slash dissection thing but this song, I think, yeah, is like the full tilt of that. You know what I mean? Like if you you grew up fucking with Soundgarden, Super Unknown, you'll probably like that song.
0: And you kind of mentioned a few of your influences. And I know like, but you're known for your guitar technical ability and prowess. Are you able to fully appreciate bands that maybe aren't as technically proficient as you? Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash The Barn. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P p.com slash The Barn.
1: There's like kind of a famous George Lynch excerpt from an interview where he was like, dude, I grew up. And I was like, the guitar player started out being, you know, was like this sort of air clapped and like cream, free piece, like, you know, British rock kind of electrified blues thing. And then all these dudes just started shredding in like the 80s. And I felt <laughs> like I had to like, you know, evolve sort of. So that's, you know, like it ended up kind of happening out of necessity I would say I'm similar in that like the shit that got me into music and playing guitar was not technical at all but you know eventually like you know from that stuff I started getting into like you know the 90s sort of like fat records, skate punk propaganda lag wagon no effects and then that acted as like somewhat of a gateway to heavy metal for me and like you know it was a- around the time that I started hearing like Metallica and um creator and fucking Pantera and Sepultura who's like oh wow like you gotta you gotta like practice to like be able to play this shit you know what I mean so it probably around that age is when I started putting in the time on guitar to be able to like you know have technique to play gnarly or shit or whatever but no I mean ultimately like no Uh, I music like doesn't have to be technical for me to enjoy it you know and like I think us as a band we ride the line on being kind of conservatively technical you know like we have enough of it to satiate that for someone who needs that in you know their heavy metal but we're it's definitely not a focal point I mean I would say most of the time when we're trying to write songs and put them together it is a, a an act of restraint because we just want it to be something that, there's a lot, in other words, there's a fucking big pile of riffs that we've got <laughs> that just didn't end up making a song because it was tricky to write vocals over or it was just like, yep, this kind of made the song shittier right now. Like, this doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, we, we definitely toss it out more than we throw it in.
0: Wes, so can you kind of walk us through um, and kind of elaborate on the evolution of the sound from your previous records uh, and the concept of uh, continuality pushing you know boundaries through each top release? even starting with the deep you know that that first record you guys put out in, in 2017 and it's kind of how your sound has evolved.
1: Deep longing in a lot of ways I feel like is like an
0: extremely good
1: demo like and and I think that there's a lot of riffs and stuff on it both from myself and Keith that are like really pretty cool and compelling and you know what I mean like have a that establish an identity sonically for us early on that you know i'm i'm proud of but i don't think either of us were developed enough as songwriters to be able to have the restraint i was talking about to where you could make a range of song well enough to where it would be cogent for putting vocals over that's definitely something that i think was a big change on to sarcoma because i mean deep longing's got a bunch of six seven eight minute long songs on it and that that type of format made it tricky for us to find someone to put vocals on it you know i mean we definitely tried quite a few guys and um it didn't come together like it was supposed to so then you know we just kind of put it out at the time i was in community college i didn't really expect much from it and then we ended up doing a tour on it and everything and um Yeah, the second time around, I guess I just wanted to kind of work on being a better songwriter over the next few years or being a uh, what I felt a better songwriter needed to be for Alluvial. And I think that marks the biggest change. I think a lot of the types of riffs that you hear on Sarcoma are really kind of, in the same scope as they were on Deep Longing. Like, there's a lot of songs that I think you, if you just muted the vocals on, you'd be like, oh, that could be a Deep Longing song. Like Sugar Paper, like, that's the one instrumental song on uh, Sarcoma, and I definitely think that could have fit on Deep Longing. There's a lot of riffs, like, if you muted the vocals on 40 Stories, uh, I think that could have been a Deep Longing song. There's a lot of stuff that I think that still carries over, but it's just... Sounds like someone trying to pay attention to how to arrange songs for vocals. With regard to the Death Is But A Door stuff, I would say that a lot of the guitar stuff on it is a little less nerdy. You know what I mean by that? Like a lot of it just is a lot swaggier. Like there's just a lot more, there's a lot more like thug riffs on it. You know what I mean? And like where like a lot of, you know, over the last, fucking however many years that there's been a, a band called alluvial we've we've had a lot of different things you know lobbed at us to describe us for atmospheric death metal progressive death metal what seems to be popular lately is death core and like i think death core or core anything tends to be a pejorative hurled at bands that have discernible choruses and verses and like i said man i mean guilty as fucking charged we definitely have choruses and verses so um you know stuff that in your pipe and smoking you <laughs> motherfuckers but um yeah i mean death's foot of doors just kind of like it's definitely our our heaviest shit and the song that hasn't come out yet uh that's called area code i think people will be real fucking stoked on that one why that one is really nasty and i don't know if you guys have heard it all yet but that one that one I think is, I'm, I'm really proud of. It's definitely, ha- it, it has shit that's definitely not in a lot of Alluvial songs. It has like a bunch of tempo changes and stuff like that. Like it's the first time that we've really had anything like that. And a lot of stuff that you would think you'd be like, oh, that's like a full blown chaos riff or oh, that's like a cannibal riff. And there's just a lot of stuff in it that's pretty different from, you know, the shit on the last two releases, but definitely still us.
0: When you write your guitar parts, do you write with the vocals in mind or are you just trying to find the riff that uh, feels good?
1: Definitely more thinking about the vocals now than ever. Um, I mean, Kevin is, he's my favorite metal vocalist Um, and to not have music that showcased how great he is would, I think, be a misstep. So yeah, I mean, I, I definitely am thinking about you know how to basically make Kevin sound awesome the whole time. You know, uh, there there is a chance. You know, that at some point that I might put out like an instrumental guitar record. You know what I mean? That maybe is a little bit closer to what Deep Longing is. You know, just a lot more lead guitar and sort of guitar focus, crazy shit. But in the space of this, you know, like we're just trying to be rig sort of for kevin to plug into and sound awesome you know that's that's my goal with it for alluvial
0: and through this band and and through some others that you've been a part of you've collaborated and toured with countless you know countless bands some of your collaborations you've been on the austrian death machine record the faceless obviously glass casket periphery you know, touring with bands and playing and doing some collaborations. Do you feel that that ups your game any, and are there any future collaborations that you're working on?
1: Yeah. Um, I played on, uh, one of Devin Townsend's last records. I got a solo on there. I've done a lot of shit. That's like, probably people wouldn't have expected, like, uh, played on a polyphia pretty much co-wrote and played on three quarters of the song, the song called playing God. And I mean, to date, that's definitely the biggest thing I've been a part of that fucking song has got almost like a hundred million streams on Spotify. So like, it was kind of wild and definitely more different, like than anything I've ever done before It was not metal, but you know, great song. Do I think it ups my game? I don't know. I think I just tend to think it's cool when people ask me to do that. You know what I mean? That's a, it's a, it's a compliment. And, um, you know, with, Guys like Devin, it's very cool because at this point, over the last twenty-five years, I think Devin's put out close to forty records. You know what I mean? So like, he's just fucking—he's just a dude who can just crank it out. And um, you know, anybody who's got that big of a catalog of music that they've written and they ask you to play on it is a, a pretty radical thing. I think that there's probably some people who who would prefer that, uh, you know, I stayed playing on just kind of metal stuff, you know what I mean? But I, you know, like I said, if I don't smoke, if I keep not smoking cigarettes and everything, I'll probably live to be another 40 years. And I'd like to spend the entirety of that 40 years making music. So I'll probably play on a lot of different shit, you know, Um, (laughs) Yeah. but yeah, it's, it's, it's been very fun and very cool. I mean, I've done so much of it now that sometimes I can't remember all of it, which is, you know, pretty awesome and i mean in a lot of ways like it's made people you know, more aware of me and more interested in what i'm doing beyond the scope of certain bands that i've been in so i mean like you know that, in that sense it's a, been a blessing so
0: yeah thanks to everyone who had me playing on their shit absolutely and i want to say also that you do guitar lessons it looks like on your website westhawk.com and you do a lot of guitar things uh on your website well yeah, I teach uh I mean when we're not at home or we're out and
1: everything like that, I come home and I I teach over Skype and then uh you know, make video content for like, Seymour Duncan and a handful of other companies that I do stuff with, Ivan has and shit like that. Um so yeah, the teaching has just been something that I've been doing now for yes, probably about ten years and um I get a lot of I have a lot of fun with it and I get a lot of satisfaction with it because, you know, like I, I, I like just, I like spending time with people talking about guitar and I guess helping them figure out how to sound like them. But it also, I guess, makes me understand things that I wouldn't have really thought of and laid out like, Oh, yep. That's how I do it. And that's why I do it if I didn't have to teach it or if I didn't get asked certain questions. So, yeah. Um, if you ever want to get together on that, my email's weshelplessons at gmail dot and uh, holler at me, and we'll uh, do some picking over Skype or Zoom or whatever the fuck it is that you got.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, we're excited for the rest of this EP on January twelfth. Death is but a door. Go check out those videos on the YouTube's Nuclear Blast Records, and you're gonna be we're gonna be catching you guys when you come into town January twenty third at the Red Flag. In St. Louis with some other amazing bands, Wes. We really appreciate your time today, and looking forward to the rest of this uh, release.
1: Thank you, bro. Thanks for having me, and uh, definitely come and or well, hit us up beforehand before the show in uh, St. Louis. I'll make sure there's like a little meat and cheese tray for you and some grapes and maybe like a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> oh, <you know>? perfect.
0: <laughs> perfect. <laughs> January twenty third, Red Flag, St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> if you're listening to this, come out and see a heck of a show, Wes. We appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thank you, guys. You have a good rest of your night. Too, you brother. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash The Barn. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash The Barn.